What would our world be without leaders, innovators, and kingdom builders? Welcome to Under the Crown, where you get inside the twisted minds of our host, Trey Carmichael, and the kings and queens in his circle. Covering leadership, marketing, sales, recruiting, management, and so much more. Under the Crown is here to help you build your kingdom. Are you prepared for the siege? What's going on, guys? It's your man here, Trey Carmichael, coming at you with another episode of Under the Crown. Today, I'm coming at you with my man, Cody Jefferson. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and why you do it for the people who have not heard of you, man? Sure, man. Uh, first, it's good to be here. Good to be with all of your listeners and viewers. So first and foremost, I am Stetson Foster's dad. There's a lot of things that I get to do beside that. But first and foremost, I'm a dad. And so that's the primary role that I occupy. Outside of that, we've got a coaching and consulting company called Embrace the Lion. We work with about 4,000 men all around the world on helping good men become great. We've got four pillars, head, heart, health, and habits. Head being how you treat your thoughts and your beliefs. Heart, how you treat your relationships. Health, how you treat your body. And then habits, how you treat your time. That's huge, man. Most people don't even have the... Uh patience to actually sit down and systemize how they organize their lives and the fact that you guys have got it down to just a core pillar system is a very beautiful thing yeah man it's been useful you know i think a lot of times we overcomplicate things we want things complicated because it allows us to feel like we're busy and overwhelmed and gives us an excuse to not move forward so we eradicate those excuses absolutely and one of the things that i think people forget all the time and that i find specifically coaching people on their systems and systemizing their business is people like to think that complicated is sexy and complicated is what works and complicated is what's going to get the job done over time but ultimately as you grow and as you get to a certain point simple is really what gets the job done like you can't grow a massive business on complicated procedures or else how are you going to train all of your people on every time you need to onboard somebody sure i agree absolutely so let's dive into the king's journey man how did you get to where you are today i mean (laughs) that's a long story but i'll give you the short of it so uh, i was in occupational ministry for 13 years as a pastor kind of ran every position you could inside of the church Uh, i stepped out of occupational ministry in 2017 no real grand story there. I had just started coaching and that was taking a lot of precedence. There's some things that I'd walked through the year previous that had really illuminated a need uh, for men to lean into putting themselves first and not sacrificing their soul on the altar of their success. The more I leaned into that, the more I felt that I was being called um, to broaden the platform. And so the pulpit, you know, was preparation for the platform that I have now. So over the past five years, uh, really stepped into the coaching consulting space. I travel the country as a keynote speaker um, and I've now invested in a few other companies and sit on the board of a few companies as we, you know, help them scale to eventually exit and keeping all of those C-level executives, you know, um, prioritizing the things that mean the most to them. Awesome, man. So what was it like taking that step? from the uh, being in the ministry to actually being the entrepreneur? You know, well, one, from a logistics standpoint, it wasn't that difficult. 
just in the sense that everything I'd done in ministry really prepared me for what I do now. A lot of the things that I think I took for granted being seasoned over 13 years really came into a, a useful positioning as I, I moved into this space of coaching and teaching and educating and presenting. So from that side, it wasn't that difficult. Um, I knew how to work a room. I knew how to run events. Uh, I knew how to lead. I knew how to lead teams and organizations. I knew how to walk with people. So all of that translated very, very you know, seamlessly. Now, what wasn't so seamless was like the transition into business. I knew how to run it. My dad owns a business, so I've known entrepreneurship my whole, whole life, but <clears throat> it wasn't, you know, six figures in six weeks, you know, seven figures in seven days for me. It was a bit of a grind, but I loved it, man, because I was doing what I wanted to do. So when I stepped out of, you know, a salaried position, 2016, my salary was $33,000 and, you know, I was balling on a budget. Um, so I didn't really have that much that I needed to make up for uh, to be able to meet my monthly burn. So in the beginning, man, I was flipping Harleys. So I've been a licensed mechanic for 20 years. So I was flipping Harleys out of my garage. I was cutting hair. I've been a licensed barber for 20 years as well. I was cutting hair out of my front room. I was giving guitar lessons, piano lessons, vocal lessons. Um, I was building websites for local businesses. I was doing graphic design for local businesses. So I was doing anything that I could to piece together the burn that I needed or the, the monthly revenue uh, so that I could pursue this coaching endeavor and pursue this, this call that I felt, you know, was mine to carry. And now obviously the rest is history and we do, we do fairly well now. So uh, it's been fun. That's awesome, man. Cause in the process of doing all of those things to secure that monthly revenue, you were getting experience and putting reps in that I'm sure made you a lot more powerful as a business owner now. I mean, yeah, listen, I'm just, I'm from Oklahoma. You can probably hear it in my voice. You know, I was raised by a hardworking grandfather and a hardworking father. And so when it comes to getting the job done and doing anything necessary to get that job done, I mean, you're, just, you're not going to outwork us. And so yeah. I wasn't afraid of that. That has been my entire life. Like I started, you know, running a garage when I was 16, you know, in charge of you know, 30 and 40 year olds as a kid in high school. Um, so leadership and being in charge of things and managing my own time and prioritizing my own schedule is something even in ministry i mean you're really you're responsible for your own time and so none of that was new to me um and so putting the reps in you know it was just it was what i need to do and and so it's what i did awesome yeah so what do you think some of the key turning points have been on this journey to get you to where you are now? And what do you think possibly led to those turning points? Was it something that you implemented? Was it meeting somebody? Like, how did you actually get on all these crazy stages and the massive personal brand you have? Yeah, that's a good question. So in 2017, I went to my first conference. I didn't know anybody. Um, I just knew I was like two weeks out of being in ministry. And so I knew that if I could just get in the right rooms, um, being that I had been in some on, on some of the largest stages in the charismatic Christian scene, like I know how to be a good hang. Obviously I know how to communicate. If I can just get in the room, I'll meet everyone. I'll get to know every single person there. I, I just call it like running a pastoral playbook, right? Like I'll, I'll get to know everyone's story because everyone attends an event because they, they want to be known. And we're a culture that is desperate to be known, but we settle for being seen. 
And so, and if I could just get there, I can meet some people and maybe learn some things. So I go to this conference and in going to this conference, right? Um, it was in Phoenix, Arizona. I didn't know anyone and the power went out. It was just hot. It was like 120 degrees in the shade. And when the power went out, uh, everybody started kind of freaking out, you know, cause it was getting really hot. I wasn't thinking, I just went to the event organizer and I said, I can have the hotel uh, number. And so I call the hotel and say, Hey man, we've got power out. Like I kind of just organized an entirely new room being set up within an hour with AV with fresh water and having shuttles come and pick everybody up like within three minutes. Um, and I went back to the organizer and let him know what happened. And he's like, who are you? And I forgot, like, I forgot I wasn't pastor. I forgot I was in ministry. Dude, I, I totally <laughs> forgot. I like, because when we have conferences, like if something goes wrong, you just fix it. Yeah. Right, again. So I thought, man, I just burned every bridge. Like I just overstepped my bounds. Well, but I didn't. And that's kind of what I became like at that conference. Everybody kind of knew me. It was like, hey man, you're the guy that kind of solved the problem, right? Like, where did that come from? Which led into conversation. And the next day we're eating lunch and I see a gentleman sitting by himself. He's older than me. And again, being the pastor, I'm like, nobody sits by themselves. So I go sit by this guy. And so we start talking. Turns out he's a pastor as well. And he asked me if I want to be on his podcast. I'm like, what's a podcast? <laughs> what is that? Uh, so he, he explains it to me. We're just gonna sit down, talk. We're gonna chop it up. Um, I'm like, cool. Yeah, we can do that. He asked me about what I'm doing and what I feel called to. And so I share that with him. He gets excited and he's like, well, let's record this. I'm like, yeah, man, just let, let me win to set it up. He's like, no, it's upstairs. Let's just do it now. I'm like, yeah, okay, let's do it now. So we go and we sit down and, uh, he's like, do you have a bio? I'm like, no, I don't know. Um, and he's like, it's fine. We'll wing it. And so he jumps in. And he's like, welcome back. This is Alan Taylor with entrepreneur.com, entrepreneur magazine and entrepreneur radio. And so my first leap into this space, like I'm an entrepreneur. I don't even have an LLC yet. I don't even have an LLC yet. Fast forward to now last week, uh, you can look at my social, like I'm with Alan. We've become great, great friends. And yeah. we were together last week supporting Tim Tebow. So you'll see him and I and Tim all hanging out, uh, which has been a really crazy, amazing full circle moment. And I can tell you that for me, putting myself in the right rooms, meeting the right people, bringing value that I bring, right? And my unique positioning has been the catalyst. So my relationships are rocket fuel. Um, the business side of things always came fairly simple to me. Again, I'm a mechanic, so I'm not really, I'm not smart enough to know I can't do something. And I did well in school. I'm not the I'm not the entrepreneur who has the you know story of barely passing tenth grade. Uh, I I did very well in school. Did very well academically. Did very well in music, and um, so I don't have that story. So business always came very simple to me because even if you think about traction or Gina Wickman or any of those kind of fundamentals, like business is just an engine. So something's just broken. I'm not emotional about it. I don't think about it emotionally. One of the reasons that guys hired me, we work together, is because they approach things very emotionally and so we need to remove those emotional constructs to be able to you know correct the problems that need to be corrected and place our emotions where they deserve to be placed so but that's how it started dude like it started totally happenstance that put me on the map uh people started to recognize that my story was kind of cool they wanted to, to talk about it i love talking i love sharing obviously i love telling stories and so that's led to now i don't know 300 370 podcasts i've been on and a bunch of stages and here we are now I'm talking to you. Awesome, man. So 
it sounds like one of your biggest turning points was one that you didn't even actually point out there. And that was you actually having the confidence yeah. to stand up and do something you knew you could accomplish for that event. Because the majority of people getting thrown into a situation like that with people who have more authority than them, know more than them, or any of those thoughts that run through people's heads, the majority of people would not have taken that action. So I want to ask you, yeah. where does all that confidence come from? Was Did that come before the ministry? Did you build that in the ministry? Where did it come from? After. So one of the reasons that I stepped out of ministry is because I was addicted to affirmation and addicted to um, pleasing. Like I was a pleasing man. I was, if you've ever read No More Mr. Nice Guy, like I was that guy. I was the guy who I was working 18 hours holding eight positions in the church. I couldn't do enough because I didn't feel, I just didn't feel worthy, I guess, right? And it was, so in 2000, end of 2016, I went septic, like my body shut down, it, it rejected, it started rejecting itself. Now, there were things that led up to that, as I said, like there were some things that led up to me, like creating this new version of myself over the course of a year, like my, my son's mother and I went through a divorce. Um, I lost eight family members and friends, all unrelated, but all very, very tragic. We're talking like murders, suicides, overdoses, like and I'm leading all the funerals because I'm the pastor. So I'm walking through this really hard season of divorce, right? While being a public figure, there was no moral failing or anything. So I stayed in ministry, like just, just, just divorced. And all of this loss is happening. Meanwhile, I'm putting on the happy face. I'm still overworking and overworking and over because all I know to do. It's all I know to do. And the trauma is stacking so much that I couldn't even, I can't really process it. And my body just shut down, went went totally septic. And yeah. so uh, I was unconscious for like two or three days, um, woke up. And that was the turning point where I looked at myself in the mirror. And it's the tagline for our entire company now is what needs to die in me to become the man that I said that I would be. I just looked at myself and I'm like, you're just you're sacrificing everything on the altar of this self-perceived success. This is the legacy that le you leave your son. He won't know you. He was one at the time. He won't know you. But he'll know you worked really hard for everyone else. And so I, I recognized that, that that didn't work for me. And I recognized that, you know, I had had, you know, a few other pastor friends put guns in their mouths and take their own lives as a result of the overwhelming stress. And a lot of businessmen who had done the same or burned their entire families to the ground, run their health into the ground, forsaken all of their spirituality and everything they knew to be true, because the only thing that they could accomplish was doing things well in business. And that became the lifeline. Hmm. And so for me, I recognized the only way that I was going to really build confidence, because if you build your confidence right on the back of people's praise, then you will die by their criticism or even by their silence. So recognize that confidence for me now is nothing more than keeping my word to myself. So if I say that I'm going to do something, I do it when I say I'm going to do it in the way that I say that I'm going to do it. And that is how I built confidence. And then certainty then is just driving that towards a very particular purpose. So for me, it happened in 2016, 17, and then pushing that, pushing that forward into today. Awesome, man. Uh, that's something that I hear you say on your, uh, on your social media all the time. This is who I am. So this is what I do. It seems like yeah. that's one of your mantras. We, yeah. And it has to be right. Because again, <clears throat> there's so many times that we assign people to a wire, we assign um, some sort of emotion 
to a why. Like we can say our why is our kids. The, the problem with that is I work with way too many guys who are literally burning their families to the ground while saying it's all for them. So that can't be it. And your kid never asked you to build a big business or a big company. Your kid never, your kid just wants you to be present. So you can't say it's all for your kids. It's really, it's all for you, right? And we can say like, we can set arbitrary goals. I want to make this amount of money. Okay, but then what, right? We can say, I want to lose this amount of weight or I want my body to look like this. Okay, but then what? So we set all these arbitrary goals that once we hit them, now what? Now you got to keep the weight off. Now you got to stay in the gym. Now you've got to become the CEO. Now you have to have the employees and the infrastructure. Now, like you want to be the great husband. Okay, well, now it comes down to what you do. Like, I don't care what you say you believe. Show me what you do and I'll show you who you actually are. So the whole mantra of this is who I am. So this is what I do. We focus on who you become in the process, right? So rather than saying like, I want my body to look like this. No, I'm an athlete. So I train this way, I respect my body this way, I eat this way, and I sleep this way. I mitigate stress in these ways. Right? I am a CEO who runs a multi-seven, eight, nine-figure company. So this is what I do. It's not about how I feel, because your feelings get in the way all the time. This is what I do. I'm a loving husband, so this is what I do. I'm a loving present father, so this is what I do. So everything aligns with a, a core identity rather than a motivation driven by feelings. Awesome, man. So I know you've leaned into it in this interview and it's something that I see you talk about all the time is that in your journey, you strive to set this impeccable example for your son that yeah. really just can't be questioned. Yeah. What have you learned through that process? And is that actually how it's always been? No, dude. So dude, first year of his life, I missed his first steps. I missed so many things because I... I was overworking. I was even at home. Like I was working from home in the church and I missed so much because I just needed to be on all the time. And, you know, growing up, my dad was amazing. He works, dude, he still works. He'll outwork anybody. I mean, he's like 67 years old. He runs a feed store. He's lugging 50 pound bags every single day and um, works six days a week. And I can remember a lot of times that, that, he couldn't be at the things that I wanted him to be at because of work. And that's fine, right? I mean, he's running, he's running a business. When I started running mine and I built Embrace Line, it was built around, like I've built the entire company around me being present as a father. So speaking dates, anything that I'm involved in, like I will check my son's schedule because I'm, I'm one of his baseball coaches. I'm one of his wrestling coaches. I'm homeroom dad. I'm on the PTA. Like, I don't want anything to coincide with where I need to be present for him yeah. because I want to show him what's possible. But again, I don't want to, I don't want to sacrifice that relationship on the altar of some business or company or financial success. I believe you can have it all. And I'm a testament that you can have it all, right? Like I sit on the board of five companies. Um, I have my own and I'm, I travel the country as a speaker. We, I'm taking him to LA next weekend because we're filming like a sales documentary and I want him to be a part of it. He travels with me. He knows everyone I'm in business with. He knows all of my best friends. They all speak directly into his life. And that was important for me because growing up, I didn't really see my dad have a lot of friends. I mean, he's worked a lot. Um, and so I never really saw that camaraderie with men outside of my grandfather and his like church men's group that would like meet for coffee at 6.30 in the morning at the donut shop on a Saturday, um, which is probably like an Oklahoma thing. 
but <clears throat> it's important for me for my son to see a man who is confident who is certain who leads us home with integrity who loves god uh you know faith is a big part it's the biggest part of of what i do and who i am uh, it's important for me to show him how men interact together how we raise our families together how we do business together how it's all integrated right so i don't believe in balance like you can't balance this but you can set priority and you can where necessary delegate and automate so that you don't have to you know sacrifice all your time like i want to make as much money as possible not because i want a lot of stuff i got everything i need it's because i want time back and so the only way that we can leverage to get time back is to make more money and in making more money we can free up our time to help more people right? i was on a boat last week with tim tebow and a bunch of my friends and we put four million dollars into his charity right you know who can't do that broke people so, and there's no indictment against that. It's just like, I want to show my son what's possible and how we can change the world together. And I bring him into that. And then I incorporate myself into his world because there's far too many, dude, I'm the only dad on PTA. Because like, dads just aren't super present. And yeah. so uh, I'm changing that. Yeah. And that is one thing that even just being in this industry for the last six years, I've experienced that I feel like almost almost every other man that I encounter, I'd say, like, they'll be striving in business, they'll be doing all these things in business. And then, you know, they invite you over for dinner or whatever. And you start seeing through the cracks, you start seeing through like where all that focus is going and where that focus is getting neglected. And yeah. you're just like, man, how like how for somebody who feels like they're stuck in that situation, and I've met a lot of people who they truly feel stuck there, like they don't know how to step away from their business. If you could give them just a few action steps that they could take today to start becoming more present with their family, to start pulling their focus away from their business without actually having their business topple, what would those steps be? Yeah, that's a great question. So one is figuring out what actually moves the needle forward in your business. A lot of times, you know, we sit at our desk for far too long doing things that are arbitrary and don't actually matter because it justifies our being busy. And for a lot of us, we've been conditioned to believe that business is hard and you have to be busy and you have to put in the long hours. And I'm not saying there's not seasons for that, but if I can, if you can show me your schedule, and if you can take a, if you can take your own schedule and if you can document every 30 minutes of your day for a week, you'll start to see where the holes are and you'll start to see where you're doing things that don't actually move the needle forward. And so what we can do is then we can look at a list of, of daily objectives and KPI that do move the business forward. And we can start to stack those in a way that allows for some really, really tactical and, and quantifiable movement forward. Right. And so for me, I have my daily list and I check everything off that list. And in checking everything off of that list, now when I go to be with my son or with my family, no longer now am I thinking about now. You don't ever fully shut it off. People like us, we don't ever fully shut it off. Like, let's just like, you just don't ever fully shut it off. But I don't think about my business in a way of all the things that I need to do because I know I've checked it off the list. Yeah. So now my bucket is to be present for my son. And my son's like, he's just, he's about to turn eight. So he's at the age where he's like, dude, he's just such a fun hang. Dude, I just love being around my son. He is literally, he's a little me. And it is so fun to see how his brain is working and how he thinks about things. You know, 
even with the business, like I pull him in and ask him questions when I speak places and I take him, like I ask him how his experience was and what he would do differently. Like I want him thinking about those things. Um, I want him reading books that expand. His, he reads Think and Grow Rich. He reads The Wealth Mindset. Um, so incorporating and, and integrating, right? Like I work out at times of the day where he can see me and he'll come out and work out with me outside. Um, so for those listening, it is, is how can I create pockets? It's not about necessarily more time. Kids don't need as much time with you. They need time to be independent. They need time to grow and think and make their own mistakes and learn and adapt. But the time that you are giving, are you present? Are you fully engaged? And if the business is keeping you from doing that, then I would suggest that you need to look at your habit structures and your actual goals and what you want for the business and what is actually moving it forward. And are you getting those things done or are you procrastinating, putting those things off out of some sort of fear of success or fear of moving forward or fear of what happens when you reach the next level and who you have to become in that moment. And so you find yourself filling your calendar with busy work. So nothing actually moves forward, but you get to justify why you're so stressed and not present for the family while also saying it's all for them. There's almost always a mental block there. Sure. But there always is. There's always a gap. Like there's always, anytime you're looking to, to like create something in your life that is not what you currently are, there's a gap. There's a skills gap. There's a relationship gap. There is a financial gap. There might be a health gap. Uh, there's, for certain, there's certainly a mindset gap, right? And so if you can look at that objectively and recognize that there's a gap and there's always going to be a gap and imposter syndrome is always going to exist because there's always a gap, you can lean into that versus allowing it to justify why you stay stuck. Mm. Again, this is who I am, so this is what I do. You gotta remove the emotional constructs around these things. You're far too emotional about this stuff. Absolutely, so am I allowed to ask what some of the key things on your daily checklist are, or is that confidential? <laughs> no, you can ask me what some of the things on my checklist are. Um, so obviously it's, I mean, when I wake up, I, I don't have an extensive morning routine. I don't do 20 million things before six o'clock to show you what a badass I am. That's not my jam. Um, I wake up, I get a few things done uh, in business right away. So I'm checking over emails. I'm looking at any client reports that we have coming in. I look at some of my company reports to make sure there's no fires that we need to put out. All right, then uh, I'll go work out and train. Uh, I used to read in the morning. I like reading in the afternoons now because... I just like to get my body moving. So I do an outdoor workout. I usually, it's like a hit style workout. I go to the gym in the afternoons and do weight training. So I do, I work out twice a day. Um, I've done that since I was a kid. I was an athlete, still an athlete. We just call them two a days. Um, some people call it 75 hard, but outside of that, some of the KPIs that we look at, uh, I mean, we're, we're always, we're, we're tracking a lot of different things and it depends on the day because certain days I'm involved with different companies uh, that I'm a part of. Uh, but we're always tracking KPI. We're always looking at culture we're all, of our organization. We're always looking at where things are growing and where client fulfillment is and where retention is, um, where new client acquisition is headed. Uh, and so, I mean, it's very, each company's nuanced. Um, but for me, like I, I have a, depending on the day, a daily checklist that I walk through, whether that be 
you know, coordinating with my team, whether that be social media strategy, whether that be client fulfillment, whether that be content creation for any number of courses or programs um, that we have pushing out, um, whether that be research and development, which is more of reading or taking courses for myself or working as a coach and mentor. It just depends on the day. Okay. And then awesome. I usually, I always wrap up my day by 3.30. Okay. So I don't work past 3.30. I don't work on the weekends. Um, past 3.30, my son gets out of school at 4. So that's family time. I love that, man. So I did have two more questions for you, but I know it just hit 10.30, and I want to be respectful of your time. Do you have just a few more minutes? Ask away. Awesome, man. So something that really differentiates you with your personal brand from a lot of people is just you always have these extravagant suits and you obviously put a lot of effort into looking good yeah, man uh, look what good advice good. would you give to somebody who maybe they haven't updated their wardrobe in a while or like even somebody like me like the majority of the time i wear a pair of pants, athletic shorts, and a blank shirt. I don't know. I don't know the first thing about actually putting together a suit or making myself look stand out like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a few different things, right? And so one is defining how you want to feel when you put clothes on, right? I'm not saying that everybody needs to look like me, um, but I know what works for me. And yeah. I love suits. I grew up lower middle class and all of the guys that I looked to and the, all the big givers in the church that I grew up in a small Southern Baptist church, um, all the guys that, that, that I really like respected thought they like had suits on. They like, always looked fresh. Now these are like, this is like back in the eighties and nineties. So we're talking like big old baggy dad suits, you know what I'm saying? So like it, the style has changed, but also I grew up watching James Bond. And so a lot of my style comes from just wanting to look like James Bond. Um, and that, Sounds probably silly to some, but you know, uh, I'm the guy who probably will be overdressed for everything. And I would rather be the guy that's overdressed than underdressed. I think that if you look good, you feel good. So obviously if you want to look good in a suit, it needs to be cut for you. Um, I get most of my suits from a company called Suit Supply. Very reasonable. They're not expensive suits. Um, I mean, they can be, but not necessarily. If you can get a suit and get it tailored well, so you find a tailor that, that can work with you and, and knows how you like your suits cut, that's worth, you know, that's worth its weight in gold. But also you want to look, you want to look proper in what it is that you're wearing, which means that, I mean, just real talk, if you're overweight, if you don't take your body seriously, it's going to be pretty tricky for you to find things that you look good in because everything's going to have to be baggier because you don't want form-fitted clothing because you're overweight. So my, my first suggestion would be like, get in the gym, get your stuff together, stop eating trash, drink more water, take your body seriously so that you, so that you put clothes on that make you feel good and you look good. I tell my guys all the time because, dude, we, we train rigorously. Like you got one body to change this world in, and there is no confidence like being able to stand in front of a mirror naked and feel good about yourself. Seriously. Seriously. So get your body right. Understand how your how your hair is going to look the best. So, you know, like I'm growing my hair out right now. Um, I've got a pretty thick, full head of hair, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. I've got a pretty thick beard, so I wear a beard. Uh, if you don't have a thick beard or it's patchy in other areas, just shave it off. Like, don't do the patchy beard thing. Like, it doesn't look good on anyone if your beard's not full. And everybody wants a nice beard, but if you don't have one, don't try to have one. Um, 
So get your weight right, get your, get your, get your suits tailored and get into a suit for about four or $500 from suit supply. It's going to cost you probably another $80 to get it tailored. So we're not talking about an exorbitant amount of money here. You can get, now I work with a company called Q Clothier now, and those suits are, you know, two to $5,000. Yeah. Uh, they're fully custom cut and I get all of my shirts from there now as well. So, I mean, as you elevate in the game, you just elevate your style. You know, a nice timepiece also sets things off. I'm, I'm a big watch guy. So I've got quite a few timepieces, Rolex, AP, Paddock, um, Cartier. So a nice timepiece can also set things off because when you walk into a room and other people are aware of timepieces, it's just an instant conversation starter. So mm -hmm. listen, you look good, you feel good. You walk into a room with confidence and you walk into a room and people stop because they recognize that confidence. And, yep. and from that, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in being a, there you are person. A lot of us are here. I am people like we want to be announced. We want to make the grand entrance. We want everybody to see us. Uh, you'll go much further in business and life. If you can develop a mentality of there you are. So when you walk into a room, every person you meet, every person you come in contact with, you've been waiting to talk to them all day. They're the only person in the room. Absolutely, man. So you've been able to connect with some incredible people and get on some awesome stages, get yeah. on a ton of shows. Yeah. And ultimately, everybody's always asking me how you make those things happen, how people can make those things happen. Yeah. And at the end of the day, what I've found is that making those things happen comes down to your network and who you know. Do you have a strategy that you use to connect with people that you want to connect with besides just the get in the room with people and things will happen? Like if you have a specific person that you say, I want to connect with them. How do you go about it? One, you be a person worth connecting with. If, if I'm being hundred percent, most people have no value to offer. Hmm. I know that's not like intrinsically, right? I get it. We're all unique snowflakes and we're all created by God. I understand all of that, right? Everybody has value. But what I'm saying is most people in the room, they have no idea what they want other than they want to be known and they want a picture with somebody who they think is going to bring them clout or something else. That's just that's lame. Cool right? It's lame. So if I want to meet somebody, um, I'm not a starstruck guy. I just know a lot of people. Uh, it is, how is this mutually beneficial? Right? And some people say, well, that's transactional. Well, yeah. Like if, if we can't do life together, if we can't make money together, if we can change the world together, why are we going to hang out? No, I don't watch sports. I'm not a, like, I don't small talk. I don't do any of those things. I don't have time to do those things. So if we're not going to change the world together, like I said, I got no business to, to, hang, to even want to know you. Um, which again, might sound arrogant to some people, but understand you only have 24 hours in a day and you know, eight of those hours you're sleeping. So I don't have time to waste. If I want to know somebody and it's somebody who's connected to somebody I already know, I will go to that person. I'll say, Hey, I know, you know, X, Y, Z. I have a proposition. Uh, I'd like to meet them, but I want to meet them because I either have something that will benefit their audience. Um, I have something that would be of benefit or value to them. Maybe they're walking through something and my skill sets could, could help to lean into solving that situation or that season, right? So there's always an intention behind meeting. Um, it's, it's never just, oh, I just think you're really cool. So I want to meet you. Like, I don't, that's not how, I mean, I just don't operate that way. I know some people do. Um, I just never have operated that way. So that's not how I approach conversations. Uh, but also being somebody that is worth knowing. 
again, like what value do you actually bring to the table? Why does this person who maybe has a higher, you know, social credibility or has more success in their life, has a higher net worth, like why do they want to get like they're in a they're even in a more elevated position than I am with time. Like their time is even more valuable, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're better at money than me at this point. They're better at this than me at this point. Like they're better than me. And so if they're better, like what do I bring to the table that that would qualify getting their time? And so I need to pay for it. I have no problem paying for people's time. Hey, what is an hour with you? Is it five grand? Is it 20 grand? Is it 50 grand? Is it a hundred grand? Like what is an hour with you to sit down and I have this proposal I'd like to go over? Absolutely, man. So what is the best way for people to see more of you, follow you, or get involved with you? I mean, I'm pretty easy to find, man. You can find me on social media. Uh, Instagram is Cody underscore Jefferson. You can find me on Facebook at Cody Jefferson. You can go to CodyJefferson.com. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not hard to find if you want to find me. And again, I do believe everybody has a story to tell. So if you're looking for somebody to hear your story, um, do just shoot me a message. Uh, I'd love to hear what you're walking through and what you're experiencing. Um, and if there's any way that, you know, I can come alongside you, yeah, we can have that conversation. Awesome, man. Well, I greatly, I greatly appreciate your time today. Of course, man. Yeah. Again, it's an, it's, it's an honor. I, I love chopping it up with, with, with guys like you who are in the game and, uh, you know, what do you got going on? What are you excited about right now? Man, I'm excited about all kinds of stuff, specifically this podcast. I've, uh, I've done a handful of podcasts in the past. I've launched podcasts for clients. I've, helped clients hit the podcast charts. But in the past, my brand has always kind of been pushed to the wayside. Yeah. And I've always focused on what my clients need first. And yeah. for, the, for the first time in my journey, I'm actually sitting back and I rebuilt my website the way that I build a client site. I rebuilt my entire offer string the way that I'd, that I'd rebuild a client's offers. Like I sat down and I looked at my stuff I basically just zoomed out and I took the exact same process and I'm very excited to see how it works because I've generated massive amounts of money for clients and I've built massive authority for clients, but I've never really stepped out of my box and done all of it for myself. So I'm very excited to see what comes of it. I've got some pretty incredible partners that I'm going to be able to bring people on here. And, I, and like you said, I have a actual proposition for people. It's not just, hey, I want to interview you on my podcast. It's, hey, I want to interview you on my podcast. I want to introduce you to me and my partner's audience of over 350,000 entrepreneurs. Like yeah. I want to write articles from those interviews and publicize you more. And in return, providing that value to them, I'm getting to build relationships with people that I can't really imagine having a conversation with before actually building out my personal brand the right way. And I know that that's probably something that you resonate with because you attract people left and right. Yeah. And that's great. And it's, it's, it's a testament to, you, know, you can spend so much time working inside your business that you lose sight of what it is to work on it. And I find so many solopreneurs and early entrepreneurs get stuck in that cycle of, of focusing so much on, and, and listen, focusing on client fulfillment and client results is very, very important, but that can't negate the time that you focus on continuing to get your message out, continuing to get your product, service, and offer out, continue to develop those product services and offers, you know, to meet different demands in marketplace yeah. and always testing, 
right? And you can't do that so long as you're consistently in the weeds. So one of the things I would, you know, suggest to you is as quickly as you can start hiring, right? And getting a lot of this, you know, legwork and busy work delegated, you know, I'll, I'm sure your brand will, will begin to skyrocket as you're able to put these interviews and these clips into play and start to really broaden your own channel. I'm very, I'm very excited about that because I am actually now the operations director of social marketing solutions. So I have the support. I have the support of my, of my partner, John. I have a, uh, I have a designated VA that's going to be managing my show. So I'm actually able to do all of this and build this network and do these things without actually pulling my, pulling my focus away from the things that are actually generating income for, for the business. So that's, Overall, man, I'm excited about everything. Like, I'm excited to be talking to you. I'm excited to be doing everything I'm doing right now, man. I'm a very, I'm blessed. And that's really, yeah, sum it up. Good for you, man. We all are, you know, we all are. Yes, so, we are. Proud of you. Good for you. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I know that we went a little bit over and I appreciate that. I know that that is your most valuable resource that you have. And I know that's something you touched on and something that, we can reinforce into anybody listening. It's just that, you know, you need to guard your time. You need to make sure that you are doing the things that are actually beneficial to your life and business and building relationships with the right people is always going to be one of the most valuable things, both for your life and business. So that's it. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for tuning in for another episode. Make sure that you subscribe to the show so you're never left out in the snow. Do you want to build a business or get more customers online? Are you tired of spending all your time shackled to your business? Tired of being treated like the court jester? Not anymore. You can get a care package from Trey today for just a buck that will help you beat shiny object syndrome with Trey's favorite tool list. Build your online authority and network with your own podcast and by being interviewed on other podcasts. Systemize your business with Trey's seven pillar system. Hire a VA to get your time back and so much more. You heard me right. All of that for less than the last Starbucks you got. Go to TreyCarmichael.us and get yours while it's hot. Check the couch for that dollar if you gotta.